We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Uh, yesterday was National Signing Day, big day for IU football and colleges all around uh, the country. Indiana signed 23 uh, commits from uh, to the class for 2017. Uh, they signed all but one of uh, the guys who were committed uh, going into January. The, the one who got away was Kurt Rathdell. He signed at Nebraska. Uh, IU also narrowly missed out on defensive end Bobby Roundtree. He ended up going to Illinois. Um, so, you know, not not too many losses. It, it was an impressive feat for this uh, for this class to stay together uh, through the staff changes that Indiana had, uh, getting rid of Kevin Wilson uh, before the bowl game, and then you had um, then you had staff changes with offensive coordinator, receivers coach, uh, had Greg Fry leaving uh, about a week ago as well. Uh, but right now we want to bring in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, first I want to thank you for all the hard work you did on the profiles for yesterday. Uh, we could not have had our highest traffic day uh, ever on Hoosier Huddle without your hard work, and, and I know people enjoyed reading those. So uh, thank you, TJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we're able to have so much success with them. That was uh, really great to see, and uh, I, I hope that the incoming recruits. I hope that they they enjoyed having kind of that first bit of uh, exposure. And I, I, I know that our, our readers had some comments on there, and I, I'm glad that uh, so many people were able to uh, to read those and get just a little glimpse at. That I use new recruits. I really enjoy doing the research on on the new players, and uh, you know, I'm not a not a talent evaluator expert, but I can I can watch highlight tapes and and kind of look at the measurables and um, do research as far as you know a team record and uh, and find some uh, local newspaper articles and stuff to to kind of see a little bit about what these guys are about, and then just try and think about where they fit into the roster, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today, uh, both for next season and long-term. And, and from there, uh, just kind of write those articles, welcoming uh, the new players to, to Indiana. And um, it was, uh, it was fun to do. And I, I'm glad we had, had a really good day on the site. So, uh, you know, momentum for IU football and momentum for Hoosier Huddle. It's a good thing. Yeah. And I, I want to get into some recruiting rankings first. It's something Tom Allen did uh, was asked about and talked about. Yeah. And I know fans, uh, both in those Facebook groups 
who message um, or who comment on there and um, on our own Facebook page who comment and message me on there. First, I want to apologize if I did not get back to your question yesterday. We were super swamped. Um, so I, I apologize um, if we didn't get to your message right away. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for the questions and all that. But uh, a lot of the commenters are concerned with the class ranking uh, for yep. Indiana. They finished at, at, with a 247 sports, uh, I believe it's the composite uh, ranking of 63rd in the nation. Now the teams around them are – they're not bad teams. Uh, they finished. Um, they finished just ahead of Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, BYU, uh, BC. They finished ahead of Houston, Cal, um, teams like that. They finished just behind Boise State, Cincinnati, uh, Kansas State, Minnesota, West Virginia, uh, Virginia. So the difference between 63 and let's say. 50 or um, let's say 55 is is a player or two. Uh, I I really actually like this class. What Tom Allen said yesterday on recruiting rankings, uh, he said you know he doesn't really pay attention to them. Uh, he tells his coaching staff to trust their evaluation skills. Um, the guys who do these recruiting rankings for the recruiting services are not football coaches. Uh, they get limited glances at these um, uh, at these prospects. Now they put in hard work. They do know what they're talking about. But you know, take a guy like Nick Tronti, who is a two-star player, but all the high school coaches in Florida, you know, voted him Mr. Football in the state and um, the. Class, I think 5A player of the year as well. So, you know, you take these recruiting rankings with a grain of salt. Now, I'm not saying ignore them. You know, they don't matter. Of course they matter. If you're going to have a recruiting class that is, number one, your ceiling for your talent is better. It would be nice to have, like Alabama has six five-star players uh, and 18 four-star players you're going to have better quality depth in, in building a team. But I think Indiana uh, did pretty well in terms of their – if you want to go back, and especially with the coaching transition, to Kevin Wilson's first class in 2011, um, you know, that – you know, he took over for Bill Lynch after that, and his recruiting class ranking for that class was – higher than I thought at uh, 57, but um, it, it was the numbers wise, it was only a 157.88. The IU class coming in with Allen is at 163, uh, I believe. So just the, the talent is, is a little bit better um, than before, but to, to me, the rankings really take it a grain of salt. Look at the players tapes coming in, look where they played. Uh, like TJ said, we're not scouting experts. Um, but we can tell you, we can, you know, tell you that, you know, getting nine players from the state of Florida, which is arguably the best state for high school football, is tremendous. So um, that's my spiel on rankings. Let's get down to the class itself. I, I thought it was a very good class. It filled the holes that they needed to fill, and um, to me, it's uh, you know, 23. They missed out on Roundtree. That would have been a cherry on top of a 
of a great class um, to me, but it, it, it just, this class really, I, I think could be special down the road. And there's a lot of kids you could get behind uh, and are, who are easy to cheer for. Absolutely. Yeah. Just a, a couple of um, cool stories that uh, yesterday, Morgan Ellison uh, running back that was one, the, the one player that was not, uh, committed to Indiana before yesterday, but signed with Indiana. Uh, he announced it yesterday via a YouTube video, which, you know, typically I would say is a bit, uh, you know, self-aggrandizing and attention-grabbing. However, this one was, was uh, to me, it was very well done. Uh, it was not kind of a, a look at me. It was more of a, you know, here's my story, uh, told in kind of a, a tribute to his grandfather. Um, I highly recommend that, uh, the fans of Indiana, um, or just college football fans in general, uh, take a look at that video. It's about three minutes long, so it's not going to take you hardly any time. Uh, we tweeted out the link, the link to that yesterday, uh, upon his commitment. So provided on the Hoosier Huddle I'll put the uh, Twitter link account. Out. Yeah, I'll, I'll put the link um, out again, either in his uh, profile uh, and, yeah. and again on Twitter for those who missed it. And it, it was a, um, a a great video. You see a lot of these yeah. um, a lot of these players try to make it hyped up, but this really told his story, and his story is um, is unique. You a know, good he, example. He missed a couple. He's. I, I'm Go just going to say he's a good example of, of why. Uh, recruiting rankings sometimes are skewed. Um, you know, missed his sophomore and junior seasons pretty much entirely uh, because of broken legs. Um, not injuries that you know you don't you hope that they don't have a long term impact on him. But you know, colleges just didn't know, uh, and they moved on and filled their classes with other running backs and turned their focus to other running backs that were playing. Uh, guys that could evaluate the same for, for scouting services, uh, you know, 247 and, and scout and, uh, and rivals, you know, they, they moved on uh, past him. He was being looked at prior to his sophomore year, getting attention from all the powerful Midwest schools around here. Uh, you know, think of the, the Big Ten power, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. They were giving him attention, breaks his leg, they move on, the scouting services move on, he gets forgotten about comes in his senior year and just tears it up incredibly productive uh the tape it, it's very obvious he's a, a, a you know very capable player potentially much more than just capable um and it you know, it just shows that and for a while ellison was a, a two-star guy he's now a three-star i think it's composite ratings like 85 one of the one of the top guys in this class for indiana um, but I think it's probably a, a case where um, he does not end up at Indiana if he doesn't get hurt. He probably ends up at Ohio State um, or, you know, Michigan State or something. Uh, so it, it could be a case where, you know, the injury um, ends up him going to IU, and I think it's a great situation for him, and uh, he seems very comfortable with Coach McCullough. Uh, and we know that Coach McCullough is very capable of turning, uh, you know, good players into great running backs. So, you know, we'll talk about the running back uh, class in a little bit here. But I think 
his story is really cool, uh, and he's a, a good example of why sometimes recruiting rankings are a little bit skewed just by basis of they haven't been able to evaluate them. Yeah, and, and they have, um, you know, Hayden Whitehead, who hadn't played American football, uh, unranked, you know, Tyrese Freifogel, who uh, Coach Hurd was talking about at at the great signing day event IU did put on last night, uh, that, you know, his town had fewer people than was at this event. Um, so it, it's tough to judge. I, I just I, – I really do like this class. I'm not saying that as, as a homer. It's It seems like all these uh, players are, you know, they have high motivation. They all seem to have chips on their shoulder. Somebody either overlooked yeah. them um, or didn't give them a chance or had a bad break, uh, things like that. So, you know, that's – something you're going to need at Indiana is to play with that chip on your shoulder. So you could beat the schools who, you know, either didn't recruit you or didn't look at you um, or who just didn't want you. Um, so that I, that's what I like about this class. Um, Morgan Ellison, I, I know you're very high about, uh, but a lot of these guys you're going to see, a lot of these guys playing, and, and we'll have uh, some articles coming out here in the next few days on instant impact guys. Um, to, to name a few, I think Ellison is a guy who you could see crack the running back rotation. Um, you know, Wap Fillier is, is a dynamic slot guy who, who could play. Uh, Jawan Burgess, uh, he's the highest-rated recruit in this class for IU. He can make an impact on special teams. Uh, he can make an impact on defense, but you know the the talent that I use already had here is going to make it tougher for some of these guys to make it worthwhile playing their freshman year. And it, it is a new staff, uh, for the most part, with maybe some new philosophies. Uh, Allen did say the best players will play, and and now that he's got his guys who who he's recruited, maybe they'll get a shot. So uh, to me, you know looking at, at guys to make an impact on special teams is, is someplace that they need to clean up. I think Hayden uh, Whitehead will do that. Apparently he, he could punt with both feet. Um, you know, he, he's a left-footed kick, uh, punter, and so he'll punt better with his left foot, but he could also punt rolling out to his right with his right foot. So, you know, it's that should be an upgrade at that position. And there's some upgrades uh, other places. Maybe Nick Tronti pushes um, pushes Richard Lego to, to to be better, to improve, and put some heat on him in that position where, you know, really didn't see that with Austin King and, and Peyton Ramsey yet. So maybe he pushes that whole group to be better, uh, and, and that only improves the team. So I, I really like this class. Uh, the most impressive part uh, to me was how they they kept this together. And, and a lot of times when you have coaching changes, the class falls apart. And only one guy yeah. who had been committed, decommitted, um, you missed out on, on Bobby Roundtree. So, you know, you call it a one and a half misses, but for a staff going through as many changes as IU did, that was that was impressive to me. What, what impressed you with this class, TJ? I agree with that. Uh, I also was very impressed with how they finished, uh, particularly, you know, it was kind of the offensive side of the ball that finished really strong. 
which was a little bit surprising considering, you know, Tom Allen's a guy that, that came in uh, as the head coach. Uh, well, the offensive, you know, the guy credited as being the offensive genius of the staff, uh, head coach Kevin Wilson departs. Uh, it was a little bit surprising to see the offense finish as strong as it did. Um, I, I think it's obviously very impressive to land as many high-quality Florida guys as they did. Um, and a, a, the great thing about that is that does not appear to be a connection that's going to disappear anytime soon. Um, you know, Coach Inge, uh, Coach Allen, um, they have connections in Florida that aren't going to disappear. So um, I'm, I'm very impressed by that. And just the overall um, the overall body types in this class, uh, which, you know, it sounds weird to talk about like that, but, you know, that's, that's what it is. Uh, just the, the length um, and, and size of this class is something I think is very impressive. Uh, along the defensive line, you're really bulking up there. Uh, Juan Harris is listed coming in at 6'4", uh, 368, according to 247. Uh, Tom Allen made a comment yesterday on an interview he had in the Big Ten Network uh, where he, he said that those the weights for him and Caleb Jones were uh, a little bit under what they actually weigh, which is uh, astounding. I mean, Juan Harris yeah, is a and they, very big man, and, and Caleb cool. Jones, I have seen Caleb Jones in person He's listed at six eight three seventy. He's he's bigger than that. Uh, he is an absolute mountain of a man. And I, I, I just the overall size of this class, not in terms of uh, you know the number of recruits, but in in the recruits, their size and length, I think, is is something that's very impressive to me. Yeah, and they had. Um... Juan Harris come up on stage with Coach Hagan uh, while the, the position coaches were inter- introducing their uh, position groups, and he is a a massive human being, um, and I think he's one of the guys who could be a plug and play guy. He has quick feet. Yeah. Uh, his tape is outstanding. Uh, so as long as they could, you know, keep him focused on the field, I, I think they'll have a great player in him. I, you know, so we'll we'll have a a mock too deep coming out here in the next week or so where we'll try and plug in some of these recruits um, and some of these signees to where they might play this year. Uh, But it's going to be a a fantastic spring uh, with some of these early enrollees. You have Mike McGinnis, Hayden Whitehead, um, you know, Thomas Allen is on campus. Uh, Tyler Knight is there. Uh, and I, I believe there's one more, um, but I'm blanking on it right now. But these guys are on campus. They're learning the systems and, and guys who can make an impact right away. So I think they yeah. filled all their needs. Uh, they got a couple linebackers uh, or three linebackers. Uh, they fill that hole that Marcus Oliver left uh, by declaring to the draft. Uh, two running backs, I, I really – think that they needed it. Uh, Craig Nelson is the other one. I played in Dade County at Booker T. Washington High School down in Miami. I was all Dade County. And, uh, you know, the rumor out of Dade County is that they've had more Division One players per year uh, than, like, the, the state of Illinois outside of Chicago does in a year. So, 
it, it's yeah. really impressive where they're getting these guys from. Uh, and, and I think the running back group, you could see, you know, either of them jumping in and playing this year. Uh, where you might see some red shirts is, is maybe at the wide receiver position. IU does get Simi Cobbs back. They get Nick Westbrook back as well. Uh, and then they have the freshman who redshirted from last year, uh, who we'll talk about at another point in time as well. So you can see Tyrese Freifogel um, possibly redshirting. Uh, he fits that mold of Simi Cobbs and Nick Westbrook. So, right. you know, that that's – the offensive lineman, uh, maybe a Caleb Jones red shirts to he's a raw talent. Uh, maybe he red shirts and gets ready. Uh, you do have some linemen uh, who who can be plug and play guys this year. Uh, maybe Harry Kreider comes in and takes over at center uh, where IU had a few issues, uh, but you know we'll we'll see. There's a lot of talent in both this red shirt group moving up and uh, the incoming true freshman uh, that'll be hitting the field in the fall. Yeah, I I, I think it's uh, important to remember that, and it's a good thing, Indiana returns the majority of their team from last season. Um, so there's not going to be a ton of playing time available right away. Uh, it is going to be important that they continue to uh, you know, increase depth, and, and Tom Allen talked about it yesterday. That Indiana, and we've—I mean, it, it's not a new story. Indiana was very close in a number of games against high-profile opponents, but they were unable to close the deal in any of them. Uh, and that—that's as the, the motto is true, and that's what they're talking about—is getting from close to victory. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and I think and, and if I had a increasing nickel, the depth for every time they said breakthrough, if I had a nickel every time that one of the coaches said breakthrough, I, I'd be retired by now. I, it's like every other <laughs> sentence is breakthrough. Um, and, and that's, you know, going piggybacking on you is getting to that next level. Now you have some really quality freshmen coming in who, you know, could spell some of these veterans uh, for bits of time and, and save them for the rest of the season and maybe not have those breakdowns that they've had in the fourth quarter. Um, and another note on, on late in the game stuff, uh, I believe Tennessee was first either in the country or the SEC in fourth quarter yep. offense. Uh, Mike DeBoard was the, uh, was the offensive coordinator there. He's here now. Um, so, you know, that's another good sign. And, uh, Talk about this staff. They they're very loose. It, it's so much different than when Kevin Wilson was here, where guys kind of seemed uptight, um, you know, didn't want to step on toes. Uh, these guys were joking at this event last uh, last night, joking around, talking to people, laughing. Um, Tom Allen was telling stories about how um, how his son Thomas and, and Grant Hurd. Uh, did some wrestling move and, and it caught Coach Hurd off of uh, off guard and you know he just wanted to set this and, and people were laughing so the, I think the atmosphere surrounding the, the, this program with this coaching staff is lighter um, it, it's just a brighter happier place to be and I think that'll go a long way uh, in, in terms of making it enjoyable for players to come in and work hard 
and, and not dread having to go to practice or, you know, wake up early. I think these coaches want to be here and want to coach, and these players want to play for these coaches. So, you know, look for big things uh, in 17 out of these guys. And, and I was just impressed with just the, the attitude of this coaching staff yesterday. Good to hear, and I, it's perfectly understandable. I mean, Tom Allen came across very well in the interviews. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm excited about uh, the overall direction, and I, I was, you know, right away uh, when Tom Allen was first introduced as defensive coordinator. I, I feel the same way now as I do then, uh, and now it's backed up by his positive results and. Uh, I, I think it's unquestionable the overall talent level of Indiana football of the roster uh, from top to bottom continues to improve each year. I mean, we were talking, uh, texting earlier, just uh, you know about getting our two deep uh, ready, and you know there are some uh, some upperclassmen that that are uh, going to be juniors and seniors that it's kind of hard to see a path to the field for them um, because the the redshirt freshmen and the true freshmen uh, are, quite frankly, we feel better about them as players uh, than, than those, those returning upperclassmen that are, that are juniors and seniors that, that have not seen the field very much yet. And it, it, it kind of is hard to see a path to the field where they do. So, you know, the overall talent level uh, continues to improve. Um, and I, I think it's really exciting. And, and, and you have a, a high number of returning guys as well. So there's not really hardly any roster turnover, which, you know, continuity is incredibly important in, in any sport, especially uh, football where it's, you know, it's so much about physical development and, and mental development as you, you know, get experience and snaps as well as time in the, in the weight programs and, and the conditioning programs. So I think all that's very exciting, you know, looking at kind of position by position, I guess we'll start with defensive line, uh, which has the most guys coming in in this class. Juan Harris, LaShawn Minor are kind of the two uh, defensive tackles. Michael Zimba and Britt Beery um, kind of could be swing guys that, that, play inside and outside, similar to Jacob Robinson, you know, the role that he's had. You know, Britt Beery is a guy that stands out. Uh, to me, saw him play at Carmel uh, some, he, very productive. Um, uh, he's, a, he's a big guy. He's, he's maybe 6'7 by now. They said he was still growing. Uh, so he's got a lot of height and a lot of length. Uh, and I, I think that I think that Mark Hagan said yesterday he had – already gotten up to about 280. Uh, he's listed at 270, and it sounds like he continues to pack on weight, uh, which leads me to believe he'll be in kind of the Jacob Robinson-type role. Uh, I think he's a very interesting player. Uh, Michael Ziemba is a very good athlete, played tight end as well. It was a productive tight end, and they're going to start him out on defense. But it sounds like he's a guy that they, they're they not quite sure yet what his role is going to be, but they're excited about him. Uh, and the athleticism he's going to bring to that group. And then uh, the pass rushers, uh, Lance Bryant from Texas, uh, the the bigger one right now appears to be the one more ready to play, 6'2", 245. Uh, Then Trey Maurice is uh, 
another very very good story. Not a good story, but a, a story of overcoming uh, to get to Division One uh, and to get to Indiana. He's had some personal tragedies in his life that uh, no one should have to deal with, especially someone as young as he was when it happened. Uh, and the, the story of that is in his profile on the site. But you know, a kid from Florida that uh, a very very athletic and quick off the line. Um, kind of your ideal edge pass rusher if he can pack on 15, 20 pounds. Right now he's only listed at 220. He's a little bit slight um, at this time. That does not mean that he can't get bigger. Uh, he certainly has the potential to be an elite-level pass rusher for Indiana uh, sometime in the future. I, I think he's a guy that you could see redshirt um Indiana has some some guys returning that are similar in frame to him that will be ahead of him in terms of how long they've been in the program. Um, so I think Tremar Reed's a guy with a very bright future uh, that might not make an impact during his freshman year unless he puts on uh, the weight and the muscle mass that I'm talking about to take on uh, those, those Big Ten tackles early on. So that's just my overview thoughts on the defensive line. The tackles, I, I forgot to mention them. I think Juan Harris, uh, you mentioned it, an, an instant impact guy. I, I do believe he is someone that will crack uh, the defensive tackle rotation. It's a, it's a spot that you probably want to have. Uh, probably want to have a, a rotation of six guys for those two spots that you feel really confident in. Um, and then, you know, if injuries happen, uh, you want to have maybe another one or two to bring it to seven or eight guys. Um, I think Indiana right now um, has probably three or four that they already feel good about. You bring everybody back except for uh, Ralph Green. So I think there is some room to break into to one of those. Uh, I think the top four guys for the defensive tackles will play quite a few snaps every game, and I think Juan Harris could be uh, that, that third or fourth option there uh, behind Patrick Doherty and um, uh, Hoff. Nate Hoff. So, yeah, Nate Hoff. And uh, I think he's a – due to his size and the ability we see it on tape, like you said, consistency is going to be the issue – uh, there for him, but he's a highly talented guy that uh, Indiana has not had too many players. Uh, I can't think of too many that have come in as physically imposing as he already is um, uh, as far as defensive linemen goes, but from a physical profile, I think you look at Ralph Green that, that graduated. Uh, I think that Juan Harris has the potential to, to be um, you know, the type of player that Ralph Green was and, and you know, hopefully uh, a little more year-to-year consistency than Green had. Uh, but Ralph Green had a really good final season, and I think that's what you'd like to see from Juan Harris uh, during his career at Indiana. Um, so that's, that's my thoughts on the defensive line. If you want to expand on that or we can move on to a, a different position group if you think I touched on it all. Yeah, I, I think you got it all on the defensive line. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who redshirts there and and who plays because yeah. it was an area it, it was an area of focus uh, this class. 
Uh, let's move to uh, to line to linebacker, and, and we'll just go down the line on on defense or uh, from sure. front to back. Uh, linebacker IU does lose Marcus Oliver to uh, the NFL draft. Uh, they do return T. Gray Scales. That in itself was like getting another five-star recruit uh, back. He's arguably the best linebacker in the country. Um, maybe people from bigger schools will, you know, look down on that. But um, he's arguably the best linebacker in the country. Then you bring in uh, a JUCO transfer. Um, he was honorable mention All-American at at a, uh, at Asa College in Brooklyn. Uh, is uh, Mike McGinnis. He's a guy who fits the mold of Oliver. He's uh, a tough tackler. He uh, can force fumbles as well, so it's good to have a guy who's proven. Uh, he was originally a, a University of Miami commit, uh, went down there, I guess didn't like it, moved to Asa um, College in Brooklyn uh, for a, a year or two, and now is in in Bloomington. I think he he will uh, fit fit the role of Mar- Marcus Oliver. Then you have. Uh, Mo Burnham uh, coming. He was a Tennessee commit. Uh, people, they love his athleticism. He's a guy who might need a year um, to fill in, uh, especially behind um, behind uh, Scales and those guys in front of him, Scales, uh, Covington, uh, Damian Willis, yeah. uh, and, and those guys. So it's you know, it's not a lack of talent on his. He has Big Ten size. He's six two, two twenty, already. Uh, it's a matter of, is it worth? Um, uh, is he worth uh, playing uh, this early for a couple plays just to burn a year? Uh, but who knows? Yeah. He, he could go, you know, develop into a, a pro linebacker as well. So you might as well play him uh, freshman year. But he he would add depth. Uh, maybe see team. Uh, some time on on special teams as well, and then you have Thomas Allen, uh, the third uh, linebacker in the group. It, it, Tom Allen's son, uh, he played a he's played a lot of a lot of football in in his uh, young career. He's a guy who's you know coach's kid, usually smart, knows knows the defense. He's tough. I believe they said he had. 470 tackles in four years of high school. Uh, so he's a guy who, uh, again, with IU's depth at linebacker now with McGinnis, could probably redshirt and, and see some time in, in the future. But, uh, you know, he's he's a bigger guy. He's, he's played winning football. Uh, he's productive with uh, 470 tackles. So I think he's a, he's a good get. And and we'll see how he plays for his dad. It, it'll be interesting to see that dynamic. Uh, TJ, anything else on the linebackers? No, I, I I just I think I think it's I personally think it's likely one of those two, uh, Thomas Allen or Mo Burnham. I think one of those two will uh, will play. Um, I don't think that both of them will. I think Mike McGinnis cracks the two deep. Uh, and battles with with Chris Covington for the starting spot next to Tigray Scales. Um, I personally really like Chris Covington's game, uh, and uh, just I, I think the athletic duo 
of Scales and Covington would be uh, really, really good, particularly against teams that spread it out and pass quite a bit. And then maybe you see uh, McGinnis partner with Scales uh, against run-heavy teams. But I think it's a uh, – getting McGinnis was a real must because uh, he's a guy that, uh, in theory, is going to be ready to play big-time college football uh, pretty early on and not need much of an adjustment period. So that was a big get. And then Thomas Allen and Mo Burnham, uh, two younger guys that really, number one, fill in the depth this year if needed, but more importantly, uh, replenish the linebacking core for the future. So um, big time there. True corners, Damian Hunt and then Raheem Lane, uh, late commitment to Indiana, the uh, decommitment from Minnesota. Uh, both these guys a little bit bigger corners than what uh, what Indiana has on most of the roster. Uh, it's important to They're get a pair six, of two six one. Yeah, I think six, is what I'm saying. Between six foot and six one is what Allen said yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, with Richard Fant at, at one corner, I think he's a five ten or five eleven. Um, yep. and Ajon Riggins at the other corner where he's, I think, about six feet. These bigger, bigger corners uh, are, hu- are, excuse the pun, are huge for, for IU in terms of having run support from the secondary, um, and, and they needed the depth. Uh, IU's had depth issues at uh, corner. Uh, thankfully, Ajon Riggins came up with a big, big uh, freshman year. And then, of course, you have Richard Fant, who's coming back as well. And just like Tigre Scales, that's a that's almost like getting another big-time recruit out there. So these these are the two guys who, you know, have instant impact um, potential uh, just because that there's very little depth at at corner and IU needed to get, get two corners. And, and these guys – I think have or two of the fastest guys in the class. And if you watch their tape, TJ, yeah. their stride length, when they get into the open field is unbelievable. It's almost one stride per, per five yards. And um, I think it was Raheem Lane's first play on, on that tape is a interception or a fumble recovery where he takes it back for a touchdown. And the last 30 yards, it, I mean, it almost was like six steps. So yeah. they have uh, – it almost looks like true like track sprinter speed but with football um, instincts. So I, I like both of those guys. Yeah, Raheem Lane in particular appears to be a guy that uh, just physically, I mean, his his uh, his body appears to be, um, you know – And I'll go out on the one and ready, say he, he, he's going to have a, a touchdown return – He's going to return something for a touchdown either next year or whenever he touches the field. Um, he's got that kind of speed, and he, he's got a little yeah. D on in him um, as well with, with some swag and, and confidence. So I, I do think uh, Raheem Lane is going to take either a punt or a kick or an interception or a fumble back for a touchdown. Yeah, that, I, that would not stun me. He The, the highlight tape showed a number of those, and um, – uh, he's a, a a player that the measurables are certainly there for for both him and Hunt that you look for in, in cover corners and uh, it was important to, to fill out the depth and I, I do think there's a good chance um, 
that at least one of those guys sees the field quite a bit, and it's very possible both of them do uh, if if they can come in and, and you know perform, pick up the – corner is a, a position that there's not a ton of complexity to it. It's very hard to do, uh, but there's not a huge learning curve uh, in this defense for the corners. So, it, you know, we saw with Deshaun Riggins – uh, last year, it's very possible for true freshmen to come in and and uh, be able to get early playing time at that position. So we'll see there the safeties uh, or athletes is what they're being listed at, but Indiana's going to start both of them uh, at either safety or Husky. Uh, Jawan Burgess and Bryant Fitzgerald, two of the higher recruited or higher ranked guys in the class. Bryant Fitzgerald from Avon, Indiana. He's been committed uh, for a while. Jawan Burgess, a uh, a flip from USC. Uh, these are two guys that there's a whole lot to be excited about. Yeah, and I think they said Fitzgerald was going to play Husky. He's a little yeah. bit bigger um, body type. He, he's, you know, he can play linebacker. Uh, he can play safety. He's got great ball skills. Uh, when he has the ball in his hand, he played running back too at Avon. And you saw in the highlight tape, I mean, he's spinning off of tackles on returns. Uh, he's a guy who, who could see some playing time uh, behind uh, Marcelino Ball. And then Jawan Burgess is another guy who Allen compared to um, Jonathan Crawford. And having yep. a guy like that now, Burgess should get onto the field. He, he's probably the best athlete of this group. Um, in, in terms of skill, size, speed, and everything. But it'll be hard to displace a guy like Jonathan Crawford. Uh, Tony Fields played well last year as well. Uh, and then you have Chase Dutra there. So he could break into that top, into that um, too deep. Uh, will he start? No, but he could take some of the heat off of Crawford and Fields. Uh, you know, Crawford played a, in two years. Has played a lot of football. He played almost. He played every play his freshman year. I would say he was on the field ninety-five percent of the time last year. Uh, so to yeah. get a guy who could, as a freshman, jump in and, and give some of these guys a break early on in the season, late in the season, uh, to keep their legs and keep them fresh it w- would be really huge. And, and Burgess is a guy who, who could do that. He's a heavy hitter. He has a nose for the ball. Uh, he has good hands. Uh, he also played receiver, and I think he he might be your guy on kick returns uh, as exactly. well. Yep. Yeah, that's a spot where you don't want to. I mean, you're not. I I'd be stunned if he redshirted. Um, and so if you're going to use his his eligibility as a freshman, you want to get kind of get your money's worth, if you will, uh, and, and make sure that it's worth you know doing and. Like you said, Jonathan Crawford is not going to be someone that uh, you take off the field on defense very often. Uh, so, you know, you are going to find other ways to get Juwan Burgess involved, and one of those ways is kick return. Uh, and it's a spot Indiana's looking for electricity on, and, and he can bring it for sure, an elite-level athlete uh, that I, I'm very excited to see what Indiana can do with him and what he can do in Bloomington. Um I think it's going to be uh, – it's very possible that a strong year from Jonathan Crawford uh, means that he goes to the NFL after this coming season. It's possible. I don't know if it's probable, but it's possible. 
and it does. If he does, then you've got you know you've got the replacement there, uh, the guy that can step up as a sophomore in Juwan Burgess, and, and it's uh, that's that's a long-term thing. A uh, short-term thing is I think kick return, and like you said, uh, taking a little bit of that burden off of Jonathan Crawford uh, and Tony Field at safety. Um, and then Brian Fitzgerald at Husky is a big hitter, uh, versatile player that I, I think Tom Allen will uh, really love having as a guy to move around the defense. And, and you can never have too many top-level athletes that can tackle. You can never have too many of those guys because so much of the college game now is built on speed and getting things to the perimeter. And guys that can, that can match speed for speed with the top offensive players and then make the tackles are just, I mean, they're priceless. So it was really big to get these two players. Um, I'm very excited about what both of them can bring to IU secondary. Yeah, it definitely. And, and I think, you know, some of it goes into IU's got to start blowing out some of these lesser opponents to get some of these older guys off the field um, yeah, a little bit. Fair. Yep. Uh, you know, getting these young guys to run, and I, I think that's hurt in the past with the quarterback development. But let's switch over to offense. Uh, we'll start at quarterback. Uh, IU does have some issues at quarterback. Uh, Richard Lego had um, problems holding on to the ball. Uh, he did throw for over 3,000 yards uh, and, and holds the school record for most passing yards in a game. I think he, he has the skills. They just have to fine-tune him, uh, you know, maybe his mechanics a little bit. But the the guy in this group, Nick Tronti, uh, you know, Tom Allen had his eye on him for what it seems, uh, you know, he said yesterday was for a little bit. Uh, as soon as he got the job as head coach, he went after him. It was a lot of his – connections down in Florida pointed this guy out to him and how he's under recruited and he liked what he saw. He's a winner. He comes up in the clutch. Um, the dude just put up numbers. Uh, and yep. um, he, 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 a lot of numbers. He won Florida, uh, you know, Mr. Football for Florida. That's, you know, award won by guys like Dante Culpepper, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, Delvin Cook, so you know you're not a joke if you win that um, win that award. I think you know he he might have been under recruited because of his size. He's only six two, but he's six two two fifteen. Uh, he's a dual threat guy. He could take a hit if he needs to. Um, the, do I see him cracking the two deep? And, and this is a lot of commenters and fans uh, are discussing this. Is can he get into the two deep? Now the issue here is. He will be 15 practices behind in the new system when he comes on yeah. campus. Uh, you know, can he make that that lost time up? Um, you know, in fall camp, I, I, maybe there's a role for him like IU used uh, Xander last year. But I, I really think that it, it's he's going to end up playing in a backup role until Lego. Uh, graduates or, you know, he turns some heads and, and earns a job uh, this year. But either way, he's a tremendous get, an under-recruited guy who, who just can ball out. Yeah, I, I doubt they use his red shirts in a Xander Diamond-type role. Uh, if they have that kind of package in the offense, uh, 
if Lego ends up starting and they want a mobile threat for some packages on offense, I think Peyton Ramsey um, might have enough mobility to do something like that. Uh, and you don't burn the red shirt for Nick Tronti. I don't know. We'll see. There's, there's, you know, there's certainly some unknown here, but uh, I am very, very excited about the future uh, for Nick Tronti, and I, I, I think he might end up winning a whole lot of games at Indiana and be a player that uh, fans really love watching, um, based on things that I've read and seen from him, and and I, these types of players. Typically, he's a high character, yeah, high character guy. Um, he's good in the classroom because of size. I mean, those kind of players yeah, yeah, usually just, produce at a big level. Yeah, chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, he's not five ten; he's six two. So yep. I mean, he he can roll he's out big. and make throws. Yeah, and he's two fifteen. It's not like having Xander at 160 where every hit you hold your breath and, and hope he gets up. But Nick Tronti, clutch player, we'll see uh, where he comes in next year. Let's switch to running back. We talked a little bit about this at the opening, um, and we'll expand on it. I think these two running backs can get on the field as soon as next year. Morgan Ellison, uh, you know, we're probably going to see Camion Patrick starting if he's healthy. Uh, Morgan Ellison can jump the rest of the group who has been kind of underwhelming uh, in their last, you know, couple years on campus. Mike Bajet can't seem to stay healthy. Devontae Williams has issues staying healthy and hasn't been that productive. Uh, Cole Guest, you know, was a little banged up. Uh, and then you have Ricky Brookins and Alex Rodriguez. So he could make that jump to the number two spot. Um, a powerful runner he reminds us of Jordan Howard and how he runs. Um, and then you have Craig Nelson, who's the speed back, uh, the, the fast guy who who is kind of like Guest in terms of burst. He's the guy that this group was missing last year when Guest went down. And he could, you know, jump if Guest gets hurt or um, – or something like that, he could jump into that group as well. So I, I think these running backs are ready to jump into the Big Ten, whether or not they're not going to be 200 carry backs yet, but they could take some of the load off of Camion and the rest of the group, maybe get 40 to 50 carries this season and be game changers on special teams as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, very accurate. I think Craig Nelson is a guy that uh, could contribute very early on special Teams. I don't see him getting very many carries early on, um, but I, I could be wrong about that. Uh, another player that um, you know might be under recruited because he was at a very high-profile high school, Booker T. Washington. Uh, he was a corner for the first two years of his eligibility. Switched over to running back um, when you know before his senior year and was not really expected to play much and then a couple of injuries ahead of him and he gets a chance and produces uh, at a, a pretty big clip and uh, tons of speed for him. Um, maybe punt return type perhaps or maybe he pairs with Burgess as, as kick return uh, guys. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, I think that it's very possible. The, the kick, the kick is, was- 
the kick return game should be wide open. IU hasn't returned a yep. kick or two past the 40-yard line in, like, two years. Uh, and that's yeah. going to change under Allen. He's taken special teams very seriously, uh, and it's something that IU needs to fix. So I think that, you know, if one of these freshmen can provide that spark um, that IU's been missing on special teams, he's going to play. And regardless, if that's the only position he plays, he's still going to play, uh, and they'll burn that red shirt for that. Uh, and, and let's move on to wide receivers here. As, you know, we're, we're running a little low on time, uh, so we'll have to go a little – uh, quickly. Um, now, the IU site does list Britt Beery as a wide receiver, um, but I don't think that's true. Um, let's start with uh, Ty, uh, Tyrese Freifogel. He's a guy that new wide receivers coach Grant Hurd uh, brought in from Mississippi. Uh, he was almost a lock to go to Ole Miss. He's a 6'2", receiver who kind of reminded us of, of Simi and Nick Westbrook. So yeah. we'll see. I think he red shirts, but he has tremendous hands, is a tremendous athlete, and would be a nice bridge um, after either, you know, if Simi puts up a good year, he could go pro, and then Nick Westbrook would also be draft eligible if he puts up a, a good season. But either way, yeah. he would be a good bridge for that 2019 uh, receiving core if if both of those guys stay for the senior years. Yeah, I think he is uh... – one of the most probable redshirt candidates just because of the personnel in front of him and how closely he matches up with them. Um, and then the guys coming off of redshirt as well are of the bigger variety. Uh, Jonah Morris and Phil Banker and Taser Mack and then Donovan Hale is also a, a bigger receiver. So um, hard to see a pass playing time right away for him, but certainly you know a, a good gift for the future and a guy that the wide receiver coach Grant Hurd really likes, obviously. Um, and then I think Watt Fillier, uh, he's going to start out of slot, and I think he's going to play. Uh, he's yeah, he's the, he's the guy that, you know, you don't explosive. know what you have in the slot. Yeah, he's a guy who's explosive. You don't know what you have in the slot with Jason Harris coming off of two knee injuries. Uh, you have Luke Timmy in there. Um so, you know, it's we'll, – we'll see. I think, you know, WAP can break into that too deep. He could be a, sh- a bigger Shane Wynn-esque uh, type of player with yep. his speed at, at 5'11", 185. And, two, he, ha- he has an awesome football name, WAP Villier. Um, so, I, I, slot is a position that IU will need. He's a bigger slot guy as well. Um, and I think the opportunity is there. The other – uh, yeah. Wide receiver they have. There's another one. Um, well, Peyton Hendershot, I guess. I mean, it's tight end. Yeah, receiver, we'll, we'll move on to t- tight ends, wide receivers. Uh, Peyton Hendershot, um, you know, one of the issues this the last couple of years has been the lack of use of tight ends in the passing game. Uh, Mike DeBoard talked about that yesterday. Um, he said he's a tight end coach. We're going to throw the ball to the tight end, and everybody – um, everybody in that room cheered. Uh, Hendershot is a guy who could go up and get it uh, at 6'4", yep. 227. He's a tremendous athlete. They showed highlights of him uh, playing basketball and just dunking, posterizing people. Uh, he could be a, a game-breaker at tight end. Now, there is some depth. There are some, some rumors going out there that some of the tight end guys could be uh, gone or, or not gone. But you have Danny Friend back. 
Uh, you have yep. Austin Doris back, and you have um, Sean Bonner Ian back, and, and Ian Thomas as well. Uh, so there's four guys there. But if they, you know, if Hendershot could jump a couple of these guys, I don't think that uh, the board would have an issue playing five tight ends um, in that position. So we'll we'll see where they go there. He could uh, redshirt, and, and we'll see. Uh, you know. Um, Ian Thomas, I think, is, will be a senior. Uh, Danny Friend is a senior. Uh, and right. So, at least in the next year, in the 2018 season, uh, there'll be, be more opportunity for yep. Hendershot to play. Right. Well, yep, I, I would totally agree with all of that. And then offensive line, Tyler Knight, um, a great shirt last season. Uh, so, he's a, you know, a little bit ahead of these other guys. But, um, but he did great shirt. He Tyler Knight didn't gray shirt. He just enrolled oh, early. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he enrolled early uh, in January, so he is a little ahead. But he's he was the first commit for this class. You're right. I believe he committed back in November of 2015. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it, he's been amazing to talk to and really loves IU coming down from uh, – coming up from down in Florida – so we'll see where he he plays. He's a guy who uh, could could play as a freshman, and then uh, other offensive linemen. Harry Kreider from Columbus, Indiana. I didn't get a chance to see him play, but uh, Matt Weaver has. He's a alum of, of Columbus, uh, Columbus East, I believe. Um, yep. Kreider is one of those few true centers. Uh, in in right. high school, played center in high school, who will probably play center in college, and I think he he might have a shot. I, you know, Indiana was it couldn't settle on a center last year, and then you you know we all thought uh, Simon Stepniak and, and Hunter Littlejohn would be the next in that group behind um, behind guys like Jake Reed and stuff, uh, but that hasn't really materialized yet. Is there going to be an opportunity for Kreider to to crack? that too deep at center? Yes, absolutely. I, I think at worst he's going to be the backup, and I think it's very possible he ends up starting. Uh, he's very athletic, moves well, he's big. Um, but, you know, I, really he's textbook center uh, coming in. It's just a matter of whether or not uh, somebody else beats him for the position. But, uh, you know, with a new offensive line coach coming in and a new offensive coordinator, it's not – you know, not beholden to anyone, uh, and no one, no one really has any reason to think they're the starting center. I think Kreider could uh, could grab that spot, and I think at worst he's going to be the backup. Um, yeah, I, I like then, him a lot. And then Caleb Jones. Uh, Caleb Jones is the yeah. He's listed at six eight three seventy. Um, You've seen him in person, and I'll take your word for it. He's bigger than that. Um, his talent is raw. He's a guy who will probably play tackle and yeah. Um, yeah. will have probably have the opportunity to redshirt, develop his skills, and become a real yeah. player down, a real good player for this team uh, down the road. Uh, TJ, we're, yeah. uh, we're out of, t- we're out of time. Real quick. Yeah, real quick yeah. on Jones. He played in a, a run-heavy system at Lawrence North, uh, wing T option, so very little pass blocking. So I would highly, uh, really, really think he'll redshirt. But he does move well for a guy his size. 
nasty streak on the field, but a very nice kid off of it. Um, he went to the high school that I attended, Morris North, um, played against really good competition every week in the MIC. So I think a very bright future, especially with a kid of his size. Uh, no doubt a potential you know, NFL tackle just based on his body and physicality and athleticism, just a matter of whether or not he can harness that. So, Yep. Well, I, that does it for today's show. Uh, we'll have coverage throughout the off season. Spring practice starts March 4th. Spring game is Thursday, April 13th. Um, we'll have our reactions on that. TJ, thanks for joining us uh, today. Thanks for all the hard work you put in. And, guys, keep following us at Hoosier underscore Huddle uh, and HoosierHuddle.com. Absolutely. Yeah, have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll get working on spring ball uh, as soon as we can. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.